Becoming Elizabeth is the untold story of England's most iconic queen, long before she descended the throne. Long time no see. It's uh, been ages since I've done one of these videos. But there's a new series on TV at the moment and it's inspired me to do some weekly videos associated with that. If you've missed the news, there's this new series on Elizabeth I airing at the moment. It's a stars production and it started on Sunday the 12th of June. Now here in Spain I can watch it by either subscribing to Stars Play or adding the Stars channel to my Amazon Prime account, the latter which I've done. And there are generally special trial offers on as well to do that. Hurrah! So that's been very good for me. Um, obviously, I don't know the procedure in other countries, but there will be ways of watching it, I'm sure. The series apparently is going to be eight episodes long, and this is what Stars says about it. Becoming Elizabeth is the untold story of England's most iconic queen, long before she descended the throne. Henry VIII's death throws a young orphan Elizabeth Tudor into the unpredictable and dangerous English court. As her nine-year-old brother is crowned king and the great families of England and powers of Europe vie for control of the country, Elizabeth can be either pawn or player. So it really does sound interesting. That totally drew me uh, into it. So I thought I'd do a video each week just sharing my thoughts on the episodes and also correcting any inaccuracies that I spot to help those of you who don't know the real history behind it. Obviously, Becoming Elizabeth is not a documentary. It's a kind of fictional retelling of this part of history. So it doesn't actually have a duty to accuracy. But I just thought it would be helpful. So I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be a critic. I'm not trying to sort of uh, pull it down. Um, you know, I know it's made for entertainment. Oh, and there will be spoilers. So if you don't want me to spoil this series for you, then don't watch these videos until after you've watched the related episode. Episode 1, Keep Your Knife Bright, opened with Henry VIII having just died on the 28th of January 1547. I thought the opening scene with Henry VIII's coffin being carried and then put down with dogs licking up the leaking fluid set the scene well. It was dark, it was dramatic. However, in real life, the king's body lay in state for 10 days before being taken on its journey to St George's Chapel, Windsor, and his coffin didn't rest overnight at Sion, where the dogs were said to have licked up the leaking fluid, until the 14th of February 1547. This was obviously down to dramatic license, and I thought it was a brilliant way to start the episode and set the scene. I loved how the kind of the speed, the panic, the speed of events was portrayed. 
We know in real life that the king's death was kept secret for a few days to ensure a safe transfer of power to the new monarch, who was only nine years old, nine-year-old Edward, who became Edward VI. So, yeah, the people rushing around, I, I thought that really did portray the, the panic um, that, you know, they really had to act fast and get hold of Edward and bring him to London so that there was that safe transfer of power. And, of course, people like uh, Edward Seymour were trying to uh, make sure that they got their power too. More dramatic license was used in the scene where the king's three children were told of his death. Edward and Elizabeth were told together at Enfield in reality, and Mary was not present. I found it interesting that Elizabeth was addressed as princess when that title had actually been taken away from her in 1536, and she was known as the Lady Elizabeth, even though her father had restored her to the line of succession. I'm not actually sure how she would have been addressed in 1547. I really didn't like Catherine Parr's reaction to what was going on around her. She asked, is he dead? And then gave a half smile when she realised that the king must be. Now, I know that Catherine only married the king out of a sense of duty, believing it was God's plan for her, because she was actually in love with Thomas Seymour at the time. But I think she would have had some affection for the king and would have acted respectfully. The next time we see her, she's celebrating by bedding Thomas Seymour, a man she'd obviously been in love with before she married the king. This really annoyed me, as it suggested that they'd been having an affair for some time, which I don't believe, and it cast Catherine in rather a bad light. I know she married Thomas Seymour in secret very soon after the king's death, but I can't see her acting that way straight after the king had died. I'd yeah, I didn't like how they were portraying Catherine at that point. An inaccuracy I spotted in that scene, trying to um, not uh, yeah, take in all the flesh that was on display, was when a servant referred to Thomas's brother Edward Seymour as Lord Somerset. He was actually Earl of Hertford at the time. Edward VI granted him the Dukedom of Somerset on the 17th of February 1547, but I'm guessing they didn't want to bother going into that. I liked the casting of the Seymour brothers, John Heffernan as Edward Seymour and Tom Cullen as Thomas, and also the way their relationship was portrayed. Edward Seymour is busy with the king and ensuring his place as Lord Protector, while Thomas is busy marrying the Queen Dowager, both for love and for ambition. They're vying for power and favour with the king and dislike each other immensely, with Thomas hoping that Edward will get killed in the Scottish campaign, which is moved forward as the Battle of Pinkie didn't take place until the 10th of September 1547. But I can understand why that was moved forward. It added drama with these bickering brothers both intent on rising in power and it also showed the stark difference between the brothers, the courage of Edward Seymour and his skills as a soldier compared to Thomas, who is more gifted with women. Um, Edward is fighting to get the king what he wanted and to sort of rise and uh, yeah, have a hold on his ambition. And Thomas is charming Catherine and Elizabeth to get what he wanted. So a real contrast in the brothers, so I can see why they did that, all dramatic license. 
Then, of course, we have the Thomas Seymour and Elizabeth storyline. Thomas is dashing and the 13-year-old Elizabeth is clearly attracted to him from the moment she sets eyes on him. She's giggly when she meets the drunk Thomas and she goes to bed smiling, obviously thinking of him. She mentions the idea of marrying him to her governess, who I assume is Cat Ashley or Astley, and she's shocked and upset when she finds out that Thomas and Catherine have got married. But at the end of the episode, her hopes are restored when Thomas says to her, if only we were free to act as we chose, and he strokes her face and she leans in to kiss him. Yuck. This annoyed me. I know times were different and Elizabeth's great-grandmother, Lady Margaret Beaufort, gave birth at 13, Elizabeth's age, but Seymour's behaviour was seen as inappropriate at the time, shameful, and we know that it made Elizabeth uncomfortable at the least. I'm not sure how this storyline will go, but I really don't want something that constitutes harassment or even abuse romanticised or Elizabeth being seen as encouraging his behaviour, as asking for it. I'll have huge problems with that. I'd love to know what you think and how you think this is going to go and what you thought of the glimpses we saw between, you know, Elizabeth and Seymour in that first episode. Towards the end of the episode, we were properly introduced to Lady Jane Grey, played by the wonderful actress Bella Ramsey, who many will remember as the formidable Leanna Mormont in Game of Thrones. She shows herself to be a tough cookie in this too, putting Elizabeth in her place by reminding her of her illegitimacy and how she's seen as a bastard, while she, Jane, is Edward's legitimate heir. I doubt that the real Jane would have treated Elizabeth this way on meeting her in this situation, seeing as they were part of the same household, but it's looking forward to Edward's device for the succession in his dying days and how he viewed his half-sisters, who he loved, as bastards and half-blood, but Jane as legitimate and full-blood, a full-blooded Tudor. I did enjoy the episode as a whole. The costumes were more accurate than in series like The Tudors and Rain. Terrible costumes, beautiful costumes, but yeah, not at all 16th century. Although the French hoods in this were a bit like sun visors worn on top of the head. And I loved the look and feel, the darkness, the candlelight, without it being too dark, like Wolf Hall, for example, where it's so dark you can't really tell what's going on. And I loved the period details, the sort of Tudor ceilings, the panelling, the locations used. It worked really well. So those are some of my thoughts and please do share yours. We all have different opinions and it will be interesting for me and I suppose for you too, hopefully, to see how they develop the character of Elizabeth and also move forward with the Thomas Seymour scandal. This Friday, the 17th of June, I'm hosting a chat room chat on episode one of Becoming Elizabeth. It's going to take place at 10pm UK time, which I think works out at 5pm New York time. Um, I'm sure you can work that out for other time zones. 
I'm going to be doing these chats weekly as the series goes on for those who register for my online Elizabeth I event, and it is completely online, Elizabeth I, The Life of Gloriana the Virgin Queen. The main event kicks off on the 7th of September and is over 10 days, and it features talks and Q&A sessions exploring the life of the iconic Queen, along with some lives as well. I'll be joined by Linda Porter, Tracy Borman, Estelle Paronk, Owen Emerson and Elizabeth Goldring in September. And then I've added a special bonus talk and Q&A session which will be taking place in July with Christine Hartweg, author of Amy Robb's Heart, A Life and Its End, which is on the scandalous death of Amy, Robert Dudley's wife. That's going to be good. Do register soon if you want to join me for the chat on Friday. I'll give you the link to view the schedule and to register in the video description below. I hope to see you Friday and we can completely dissect episode one and think about where this series is going and we can also talk about the casting, the locations, everything. We'll get into the real nitty gritty. Anyway, I hope to see you then and I hope you can join me for this online event. It's going to be good.